Can you remember a time when you came, usually this would be when you're much younger, when you're just a child, but you remember coming to know something that was just absolutely life-altering. Your life was never the same from that point on once you became aware of something. You, you know the kind of thing I'm talking about? These are usually fairly profound things. You think about death, like a child just skips along merrily and then their goldfish dies or grandma dies. Or I know those aren't quite the same thing, but, but, but death, right? The sudden, sudden awareness that, oh, you know, everything passes that way. Or uh, you get a little older and, uh, and you realize it's not just the moon and the sun and a few stars that you can see at night, but that you see these images coming from the web uh, telescope now and, and you see distant, distant galaxies beyond galaxies and they're just filling the whole sky and it, and it blows you away. Yeah, nobody ever have any life-altering awareness moments like, feel like feel like I'm not hitting a thread there or something. I know for me, it was, oh, okay, thank you. Uh, for me, it was picking up the Bible and re- I, people told me about Jesus and I'd only had this very mild, loving view of Jesus and, and Jesus would just forgive me for any and everything I ever did or thought or, you know, and, uh, and uh, there's a certain rightness to that. But then I started reading the Bible for myself and I became aware that in myself, in my deeds, I deserved hell <laughs> and that I needed the gospel and I wasn't even sure. When I first read it, I was like, I don't even know what that means. Like, I don't know. And, and I started worrying about hell. It was like a life-altering awareness to come to, to, to see that. Well, for the people in Ephesus that we're going to look at today in this passage, I think for them it was the name of Jesus. I don't think they'd ever heard the name of Jesus before other than just a common Jewish name, Yeshua. But the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus Christ coming to them powerfully the way it did was absolutely life-altering. It was B-C-A-D, you know, in its most literal literal fashion. The powerful name of Jesus is life-altering. Before I go too much further, I want to talk about the concept of a name because we've just sung... I bet you didn't even think about it when you were singing it about the idea of the name. But if you, if you really try to like boil it down and, and explain to somebody, well, what do we mean when we say that the name of Jesus is powerful? What is that about? What are, what are we actually saying? And it's kind of hard when you, to, to really come, I, I mean, it's good, easy to look at a dictionary, uh, which I did. Uh, this, is, this is a Greek uh, lexical definition of it. It says, um, the name is used for everything which the name covers. Everything, the thought or feeling of which is roused in the mind by mentioning, hearing, remembering the name. That is, for one's rank, authority, Interests, pleasures, command, excellent deeds, etc. Did that clear it all up for you? <laughs> Basically, what we're saying is, is that when we're talking about the name of Jesus, we mean everything about Jesus, everything connected to his person. We are really saying Jesus when we speak of the name of Jesus. We're talking about all of his attributes, his saving power, his purposes, his character, the work that he accomplished, everything. It's a bit like the flag. Isn't it weird how the flag, I mean, the flag's just a piece of cloth, isn't it? Yeah, no, yeah, no. In one sense, it's just a piece of cloth. I mean, anybody could make one if you have the three colors and you, and you know how to sew. You could sew a, an accurate depiction of the American flag, and, it, and, and yeah, it's just a piece. But boy, what if, what if we just started like, setting it on fire here? Um, you'd have a problem with that, right? 
Because, it, you know, unto the republic for which it stands, yeah, it, it's, it, it, it's all of that to us. And so the name of Jesus captures everything there is about him, and it's life-altering. First of all, this power is life-altering because the, this power destroys the work of the devil. Destro- now, I'm borrowing from John here, not, not from Paul, but from John. In, uh, in John's first letter, he writes, The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. What are the works of the devil that you can think of right off the top of your head? You know, you start ticking them off. I mean, it's the rebellion against God, suspicion against God, a twisted view of who God is, sin, corruption, death, hell. All of those things kind of represent to us the work of the devil and more. And when Jesus came into the world, he came with those things in his crosshairs. The reason he came to submit to the Father's will was to to destroy the work of the devil And that's what Paul is doing in Ephesus as Jesus' apostle, as his ambassador. It says, and God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. And you may look at that and rightly say, and you should, because you should always test what I'm saying and make sure that it fits with the Scripture and and don't just take it because I say it. But you might be looking at that going, well, that doesn't say anything about the name of Jesus. And that's true. That's true. However... Let me, let me make a couple points really quickly there. First of all, it, it's clear that it's God doing the work. It's through the hands of Paul. So God is the one in view, God the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Jesus is engaged in the, in the good that is happening through the hands of Paul. But moreover, if you go a couple verses later, and we're going to get to that in a moment, you've got those sons of Sceva, the, the, the um, exorcist. And, uh, and uh, what happens is they try to imitate Paul. And in their imitation, we can read back and say this is what they had observed. Because those people weren't just healed by uh, you know, the, 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 the claws that were taken to them. Um, what, what they would have observed was Paul driving out demons and healing this sick in the name of Jesus. Because that's what they then do. Is they go, in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. So, so that kind of lets us in on how Paul did those miracles. And the miracles are... Mind-blowing miracles. It's the technical Greek term there, mind-blowing. No, it's not really. Uh, The the, the Greek, it's really colorful. It means extraordinary. (laughs) That's why we translate it extraordinary, Um, which is to say extraordinary, which is to say not ordinary, not the normal run-of-the-mill miracles like you normally see. (laughs) It is kind of funny. Here's Luke trying to explain to them that this was big. How, and Luke has already written a whole gospel of all the things that Jesus did, all the incredible miracles, and Jesus raising people from the dead and, and being risen from the dead. And he's already told us, you know, more than half of the book of Acts and all of what has happened up to this point, all the incredible miracles. But he has to find a word to say, no, Theophilus, I mean, like, like really, really extraordinary. Like, you know, not the ordinary run-of-the-mill miracles, that we just call Wednesday, but this, this was like, and I don't know whether it was the, just the sheer multitude, how, how densely packed the miracles were or what, but, but they were extraordinary. How many have been out on a hot, humid Kansas afternoon and, and uh, perspired? This is how I know whether you're even paying attention, right? Because, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've all been there, yes. You, have you ever had it where you could just take your T-shirt and just wring it out and, and yeah, it, gross, you could maybe fill a cup or something with, with all this? <laughs> some, ah. Yeah, well, okay, so here's the thing. These claws that they were taking from Paul, 
it says apron and, and handkerchief and so forth. These were actually, you know, from, from Bible scholars say that what they were really talking about were sweat rags. Yeah, that's gross, isn't it? So all of these rags that had been in contact with Paul's body and picked up his perspiration. This is what they were, they, they were doing. They were taking it to the people that were demon-possessed. And, and when the cloth touched them, the demons left them. And when they touched the sick, the sick were made well. Very similar to Acts chapter 5 with Peter. And you'll see this. If you look, really, it'd be worth a study sometime. But just go through and look at everything said of Peter. And then look for kind of parallels that end up happening with Paul. But there's that story in Acts 5 where Peter is walking through the streets of Jerusalem. And they brought the sick out. Do you remember this? So that it, if, if possible, his shadow would fall on them. You think of Jesus when he heals the woman with the issue of blood and she comes up and, and pushes through the crowd and, and just very secretively grabs a hold of the hem of his garment and she's made well. That's the, that's the, kind, that's the sort of level of miracle. It was not something innate to Peter. It was not something innate to Paul. It was through the person and name of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came to destroy the works of the devil. When you believe in that powerful name, that work of the devil is loosed. Everything has been made new. Everything is changed, and and it will alter your life. And by life, I don't mean just the last 100,000 breaths you take. It, It will alter eternity for you. That is the power of the name of Jesus. It will, it will conquer all of the darkness. There is no other name like it. Now, are we supposed to go out and do the same thing Paul did here? Are, are anybody feeling called to use your sweat rags to heal the sick and drive out demons? I trust you're not doing that. I know, you, you could try to sell your socks on eBay. You know? <laughs> Gently worn, sweaty socks uh, cures... Uh, the epizootic, or whatever, you know, whatever disease, you know, you're, no, no, that's, that, but the application of this is, is for us to, to deepen in our conviction of the power of the name of Jesus, which destroys the work of the devil and drives out the darkness, and that ought to be life-altering. When we sing about the name of Jesus, we ought to know what we're, we're singing, and it, and it ought to be powerful to us. Okay, secondly, this power is power that others will crave. This next part reminds me of something that happened back in the 1960s and 70s a lot. So there'll be three of you that kind of can relate to this. But um, so to take you back, there used to be these things called malls where people actually went to shop. And um, this, there'd be full stores. And, and there's always kind of one sort of an anchor store of sorts back in the 70s. It was called a record store. Yeah, you won't find any of those in malls today. Uh, and the record store would sell these things called records, which were like, kind of like DVDs, and they spun around. Into, anyway, you could get one of these, a 45, you could get a 45, that was the RPM. Sorry, there's a lot of explanation once you get down to it. Uh, but yeah, a little 45, one song on one side, you flipped it over, you had the other song on the other side. That was a 45, cost 99 cents at most mall stores. With the penny tax, you were out a clean buck on the deal. And something that used to happen to me more than it should have, because apparently I wasn't very observant the first time it happened to me, but I went into a mall record store and managed to buy a record. See if this ever happened to you, any of you old folks. I ended up buying a record that was not by the actual band that was being played on the radio. 
It was a dirty deal. They would, they would, if you weren't paying attention, they would have some cover band that had, that had done the same song, and they would, and they would have that in the, in the place where the song title was, and you just reach in and grab it. You get it home, and it was awful. But that's the nature of man, right? When somebody is doing something profound, when people achieve greatness, there are always these rip-off artists that come along and they want to hijack the power and the, and the prestige of someone else. Well, this is what happens here. Paul's doing extraordinary miracles. Well, just like with Peter, and you had Simon Magus watching Peter thinking, man, I want some of that action This happens here as well. It says, Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Seven sons of the Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. Back then it was common for people to believe, and Ephesus was really into their magic. I mean, Ephesus was Hogwarts, if you want to know the truth of the matter. It, it, was, it was just full of the occult. And it was very common for people to think that, you know, sort of the Harry Potter school of, the, uh, of exorcism, that if you said the right words, if you just use those, you, know, you, pick, you wouldn't have to have any ability, just open the book, you know, and turn, and, and there's the words. And if you spoke the words, the words would have power in and of themselves. So probably on this sort of you know, book of exorcism, it probably said, you know, try expecto patronum, and if that doesn't work, moving down the list, try these names. Try Jesus. <laughs> try Jesus whom Paul preaches. That is, this is the way they were going at it. They didn't know Jesus in any way, shape, or form. They didn't know him. They didn't love him. They didn't worship him. They didn't believe in him. They didn't confess his name. They were not in union. They didn't have his Holy Spirit in them, but they thought that they could just come along on the coattails of Paul and get in on some of that sweet exorcism action. You know what I'm talking about? Because people got paid for that, I guess. That's the only motive I can understand on that, that appearing to be powerful. On the one hand, you know, you got to say, well, it gives the name of Jesus credit. They, they had tracked Paul's career. They had heard him speak in Jesus' name. They had seen him perform miracles in Jesus' name. So, ignorantly, they think they can simply copy that. But the truth is, they were just a bad cover version of Jesus Christ Superstar. They, ju- they, they, they failed. It says, but the, spirit, uh, the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize, but who are you? And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them, overpowered them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Are you, are you getting the picture? You're like, I don't really want that picture. Uh, I, I get that. First of all, terrifying. Can we just admit this? If you, really, if you just really put it all together and you think of a Quentin Tarantino film or something like that, you know, trying to depict this, you've got one demon-possessed guy fighting seven grown men, beating them so severely that they all run out wounded, and this, this you know, Tasmanian devil of a possessed man is actually able to rip all their clothes off to boot. That, I mean, that is awful. But what we see is this, the name of Jesus is not a mere magical word that can be bandied around or used like a talisman or, or a rabbit's, rabbit's foot. 
Again, don't get me wrong, it's very cool that they thought that the name of Jesus was powerful and that just witnesses and reminds us of how powerful that name is. But the demon's not impressed. The demon's like, okay, uh, Jesus, yep, I know who he is. <laughs> Got that. I could tell you about a time back in the region of the Gerasenes. I was with 99 of my buddies and we were having a good, yeah, but never mind. Never mind all that. Paul, oh yeah, acquainted with that guy. What a jerk that guy is. <laughs> But you, not so much, not so much, and, uh, and, and the rest is history, as, uh, as we would say. Just like the sweat rag deal, I don't think this is a thing you should try to imitate, so um, we should not go around trying to be uh, sons of Sceva, nor, nor should we necessarily try to imitate Paul in this, but what we ought to see is the power of the name of Jesus and understand that the power of the name of, the Je- of Jesus relates to the person of Jesus. You, you cannot separate those two things. You can't just utter the name of Jesus like a magical mantra. There must be that relationship to him. Are you familiar with the um, Brendan Fraser movie from 1999 called uh, <clears throat> The Mummy? How many, how many have seen The Mummy? Ooh, some people are excited about The Mummy. Uh, yeah, this, it was not a bad, bad film. You had those, those beautiful CGI mummies coming to life, you know, kind of half to life and half still dead and all, all of that. You remember? Do you remember the little guy named Benny? I mean, he's like this sleazy, slimy, greedy, little weaselly character of a guy. And in the, in the movie, there's this point where he's, you know, traipsing around the tombs as his, one is wont to do, and, and he bumps into one of the, you know, the, the emerging mummies. And that's a bad moment for him. So he busily starts grabbing. Remember, he had all those chains around his neck? And at first he pulls out a cross, and it doesn't work for him. You know, he prays like a Christian prayer, and that doesn't happen. And he pulls out the, the Muslim thing, the Buddhist, and he uses all these different languages and words. And then he, he's memorized something in Hebrew. So he pulls out like a Star of David, and he starts using Hebrew. And uh, being an a Egyptian mummy, he recognizes the slave language, and then that kind of saves his bacon. But, um, yeah. <laughs> that's how some people want to use the name of Jesus. That's sort of the opportunistic, spiritual opportunistic way that you see these sons of Sceva uh, doing. And so I would ask you today, are you going through life as a son of Sceva? Are you going through life, through your spiritual life, through your life in general, as, as the equivalent of Benny? You wear the na- name of Christian. In any group this size, there's almost bound to be somebody who's guilty of this. You go, you go through life, you were raised in a Christian home, and by that we mean nominally Christian. There may have been real Christians there. It may have just been a societal thing. You wore the name Christian, and you've thought to yourself, you know, I think there's a God. I'm not sure if there's a God, but if there's a God, I guess I'm a Christian, and, uh, and you know, maybe I will make it in there. You know, like the goats slipping in with the sheep. Like, how busy will Jesus be on that day when all those sheep run through there? And if I just duck and run down and keep my head low, I might make it in. That's not how it works. Jesus is not like a magic talisman that we wear around our neck. It's not just about the name of Jesus, the power of Jesus' name, the power of salvation itself is unto those who are in Christ and who have Christ. It is possible to call yourself by that name, to wear that on your lapel, and never truly know Jesus. To know Jesus, you have to turn, repent, 
and put your trust and confidence in Jesus Christ and Him alone for salvation. It's only in the context of that relationship where the name will mean anything for you. Otherwise, you're just a son of Sceva, and that won't work on that, on that final day. Thirdly, the power of the name of Jesus is power that many will fear. You know, we live in a different age today because if this thing with the sons of Sceva happened today, well, I'll just ask you to use your own imagination. If this had happened today, how would we experience that as a culture? Right? It's on TikTok that night. It's on, it's on Instagram. What that night? It's on at that, that moment. Yeah? I mean, within the first 30 seconds, you've got a million people that have, that have viewed that. That's how, and then there are people making stupid, you know, snide comments about how silly the guys looked and all that stuff. And that, that might be the outcome. But it was a different day. It was a different time. Um, this, this plays entirely differently. This, this brings fear to them. It reminds me of when Jesus drove the legion of demons out that we were talking about earlier, when he drives out the, 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 the legion of demons and they go into the swine and the swine drown themselves. And you'll remember that the people from the town came out. And what did they say? Can you please leave? Can you please leave? And you're like, why? Why wouldn't they want someone to drive out demons? It's like, no, they'd gotten used to the demons. They had kind of an uneasy truce for the most part with the demonic around them. But to, to have somebody come in that could just had so much power they could command the demons with a word. That was, that, was, that was a fearful thing. It says, and this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks. Good thing, right? And fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. The people learn about this crazy, messed up deal with the sons of Sceva. They, they, they see the power of the name of Jesus operating through his, his servant Paul. And now what they find out is, oh, this name of Jesus is so powerful. Not only can it drive out demons, but if you misuse the name of Jesus. as If you come along and try to just, you know... Uh, abuse and use it to your advantage, then it, it will actually come back against you. If a demon uh, more powerful than seven men knows that a fake uh, Jesus, uh, you know, a fake Jesus follower, then what does that say about the real Jesus? These are not dumb people. They get it. They start recognizing, it says, and extolling the name of Jesus with fear and trepidation. They're giving glory to the power of of Jesus above all other names. And I love that, don't you? To extol means to, to, to declare the greatness of. So they are, they are declaring the greatness of Jesus' name. His name is dominating. His name is dominating disease. His name is dominating demons. His name is, is dominating those who would misuse his name. And it's dominating in the hearts of people who are hearing the name of Jesus. It's turning their world around. It's altering their whole life. Have you ever feared the name of Jesus? For some of you, that may seem like an odd question. I told you my experience in the opening uh, remarks about how I had one view of Jesus that had kind of been shared with me. You know, I, somebody taught me Jesus loves me, and I knew that, that kind of thing. And then I read the Bible, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. 
there's a lot more to Jesus than I knew. And he says a lot of really, really frightening things. Yes, Jesus is meek and, and mild, and, and he bids us come to him and experience salvation. But at the same time, he's not a tame lion, is he? C.S. Lewis is famous for that line. He's not a tame lion. Remember how his disciples reacted when he calmed the sea? And it's strange when we read it because we think, oh, well, that would be a good thing. I, you know, there are many times in my life when I want Jesus to just speak the word and calm whatever it is that's going on around me. And I would just think that was really cool. This is what it says. And they were afraid. And they marveled, saying to one another, who then is this that he commands even winds and, and water? And they obey him. His name is powerful. And I, I think we just miss that. We don't, we don't, we don't get the fear part. Of, of extolling his name. I personally love electricity. How many love electricity in here? Or you're indifferent to, how many are indifferent to electricity? When, as soon as the lights go out, we're, none of us are indifferent. We're like, man, I really like that electricity. On the other hand, when it comes to taking that, that panel cover off, I always have a little fear and trepidation. I sometimes do it anyway, which is really silly of me. I should be calling an electrician like Tyler. Uh, but sometimes, you know, I, I do that. But when I do that, I have a lot of fear and trepidation. The name of Jesus, when we, when we see it in its totality, it should, it, it should bring praise and extolling and worship and all of that. And there should be fear in that as well. Finally, this power is a power that rules. Power that rules. There's two expressions here of the rule of the name uh, at the end of the passage. First of all, it says, Also many of those who were now believers came confessing and divulging their practices, and a number of those that had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all, and they counted the value of them and found it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. That is a remarkable revival um, that we have here. Here you have these, these pagan Ephesians. As we said, this was like Hogwarts. They, they were steeped in the occult. If you look at their B.C. days, they just, they, they, that was the river they swam in. That was, that was everything they knew was, was, was you know, spirits and magic and darkness and, and, and all of these kinds of occult practices. And now they come and they have this complete change of heart. The natural response of changed hearts that extol the name of Jesus is to turn away from darkness. As he came to destroy the works of the devil. You know, so the one who comes to know him will turn away from those things. Now I know book burning is not a very popular notion. I mean the Nazis burned books and they kind of gave book burning a bad name. Um, <laughs> Should book burning, I think book burning's neutral, in, in morally speaking. Like, it, it depends on whose books you're burning, doesn't it? Yeah, and whether there's a burn ban at the moment or something like that. I mean, all things being equal, if it's your books and you don't want them and you want to burn them, I say more power to you. Now, if you're going into the library and you're just taking books off the shelf going, I don't like this, I don't like this, and you've got a little lighter fluid there ready to go, not a good thing. But they're burning books that belong to them. These newly minted Christians, they bring their... Now, not all of them, but it says some of them. So not all of them are rich and, and own books. But the ones that do, that have these occult books, they, they bring this, them as a sign of repentance. Now think about this for a moment. You probably in history learned about 
the printing press and how that changed the world. Back in the early 1500s, the printing press came along and the Bible was printed for the first time on printing presses and the average person could own a Bible and so forth. Uh, we're talking about 2,000 years ago here. It, if you owned any book, that was an investment. You had some serious... It didn't matter. It could have been a phone book <laughs> um, for, the, for that day. And it would have been worth a lot of money because it all would have been done by hand on very expensive papyrus. That was the only way to do it. And so any book represented a fortune. And these people that, that own these books come and they amass them together. And we don't know whether the pieces of silver were denaria or drachmas or whatever the case might be. But what Luke is trying to tell us here is this was some very serious cash money that they were burning up. It was just going up into the air in smoke. The name of Jesus is powerful. It is powerful in that it reigns over the devil. It reigns over the occult. And here we see that in addition, because these lives have truly been changed, that it's not just people speaking flippantly, it changes hearts. The name of Jesus changes hearts where, where there had been darkness and where there had been greed. Now all at once it's like, you know what? Just burn it. Just, but you could sell it. And give the money to the poor. Yeah, but if I sell it and somebody else reads all that dark, creepy, cruddy stuff, then that just infect. No, burn it. Burn it to the ground. The second way his name rules here, though, is it says, So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. I want you to look at that little word, so. What does that little word, so, mean? It's giving us a result. It's saying everything that we've told you up till now has an outcome, has an outworking. This is going to be the result of what we saw before. What did we see before? We saw the name of Jesus being proclaimed through the Apostle Paul, and we saw signs and wonders being done, and we saw somebody try to misuse the name of Jesus, and those people were sent you know, screaming and running for their lives, and we saw all of these people come, changed by the gospel, burning Extremely expensive manuscripts of, of, of the occult. And so what happens is the word of the Lord, that is the gospel, continued to increase and prevail mightily. The gospel was being heard. People were confessing their sins and coming to Christ and believing in him because of all that the Lord had done through his name. Through his name. There are three outcomes that I kind of hope for with this uh, message today, with this passage. First of all, I, I would pray that all who are in Christ today would confidently rest in a greater way on the name of Jesus. That you just drink that in. This is the name by which you are saved. There is no other name given among men by which we must be saved. And if you have trusted in the name of Christ, if you've trusted in him, that, that powerful name is security for eternity. It holds you. It keeps you. It will save you. And that is something that we rest upon and we should have confidence in. Second outcome that I would hope for here today is that if you are called by His name, but you have been lax and careless, and you've delved into... I'm not going to say the occult. I'm, well, I, I mean... It, if you've delved into the occult, that's a problem. Should, like, I don't know why you would go that direction. But there are things that are dark and things that are sinful that don't necessarily have the word occult written on them. 
And if you as a believer, you've let some idol come into your life or whatever it might be, an idol or, you know, you think about the burning of those books. Um, maybe it's a stash of pornography or something like that. And you've, you've kept it back and kept it secret. And, and, you know, what harm does it do? And besides, if I ever get rid of it, maybe I'll sell it because it's probably worth a lot of money. Going back to 19, whatever. Um, no, no, burn it to the ground. I just... If there is something in your life today that is holding you back from that robust devotion to Christ and just seeing His glory and, and, and living in, in that grace and that beauty, burn it down. Maybe metaphorically, because some of you have made an idol out of your children, so be careful. Don't, but, but whatever it might be, whatever it might be, metaphorically or otherwise, burn it to the ground. The name of Jesus is worthy of that. And then finally, lastly, if, if you're a goat and you're hanging out in the sheep pen, um, yeah, and, and it's, it's a natural thing to want to do. It, it is. And, and I know there are people, they've, they've never really caught the full germ of the gospel, but, but they've been around it a long time to where maybe they have the sniffles. And, 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 and they, think, they think they're believers, because if a goat hangs out with sheep long enough, I suppose the goat starts thinking of himself that way. But the reality is there's such a thing as being a son of Sceva, where, where really all that you've done is if you, you kind of attached yourself to the name of Jesus and, and you're kind of hanging on to it as a good luck charm like Benny, you know, down there ready to yank out the cross if, if you need it, but you're, you don't really know him. You don't really know him. The scripture says, whoever has the son has life. You have to have Jesus. And that's not just a detached name. Isn't it weird? The name is powerful, but you detach the name from the person, and what have you got? The sons of Sceva found that out. If, 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 if you do not have, if you have not turned from your sin and trusted and believed in Christ in that way, if you don't know him, if you do not have him, it will do you no good on that day. You'll just say, Lord, Lord, and he'll say, I don't know you. I've never come to know you. We've never been in relationship together. So my prayer for you today is if you're here and you're son of Sceva, that today would be the day that you truly turn to Christ with all your heart and believe upon him and truly receive life in his name. Let's pray. Father, we, uh, we acknowledge the name of Jesus, the name above every name. And Lord, may it do the work in us that it is meant to do. And, and for your people, I pray that we would have a, a new and profound and deeper, deeper gratitude and a deeper sense of awe and wonder at that name that saved us and that name that, that destroys the work of the devil. And Lord, I pray that, that if we have anything that needs burning, that we would just gladly throw it into the fire, whatever that might be. If it's holding us back, Lord, if it's keeping us from full devotion, let us see that and just let it go and let it burn. And, and I finally pray, Lord, that if there's a person within the sound of my voice today that hears this and they suddenly realize that they're a goat in the midst of sheep, Lord, you're not going to make any mistake on that day. You say that you know your sheep and you call them by name. And if a demon wasn't able to be um, deceived 
by those who are just misusing the name, then certainly you're not going to be deceived. So I pray that you would do a work in those people's hearts and that they would see you and, and see and want to extol your name. Lord, that they would turn from their sin and put their trust in you and receive life in your name. And we ask it in your name. Amen.